Let me just say, some of the best advice I've ever given is just sitting there, shutting up, and letting the person talk. Because listening is sometimes the best advice you can give. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roll. What the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So for one last time, nigga, make some noise. Welcome everybody to episode six of the Let Me Just Say podcast. My name's Jesse. Sorry if you can hear my squeaky ass chair there. I'm your host, also known as Dodgers underscore blues on Twitter. You know, life's life's kind of crazy, man. I recorded that intro last night, uh, Sunday night, before I had to go, and um, we had like an employee appreciation party thing at my employer, at my employment spot, the place of employment that I frequent five days a week, but I wanted to record that because it was just on the top of my brain, um, and I wanted to get it on wax before I forgot. But the reason why I say life is crazy is um, because this morning I actually received a phone call. Well, uh, it was a text message and it said, hey, do you have a minute to talk? And, you know, obviously um, at first when you get those text messages, it's sometimes kind of anxiety filled and you're kind of concerned about it. But um, I responded with. You know, obviously, yes, I do have time to talk. And this person reached out, and I'm not going to get into too too much depth on the conversation because it's obviously a personal one. But they're going something's happening in their life that they wanted to talk about, and they didn't have anybody to turn to at the time, or if they did, whatever, whatever case, they they reached out to me. And it was just kind of crazy that yesterday I I recorded that little intro saying about. Sometimes the best advice that you can give is just to listen to somebody, you know, like they're not always looking for the answers. They're just looking to be able to talk. And during this conversation, like I gave some advice on what I'd think, but I, the whole time I I was thinking to myself, man, I, I should probably just shut up because I don't, I didn't have the right answers to this situation. I, I didn't know what I'd even do if I was in their shoes. You know, I, I, I gave them what I thought was the best possible, um, solution or advice or whatever to the situation. But at the whole time I was like, man, I, I think I should just be shutting up and listening and just letting them get this shit off their chest and explain to to me how they're feeling. But it's just weird. It's the world's just fucking weird. It's just weird that yesterday I was thinking about, you know, just just being there for people and just being listen. I, I've always been, I've always been a good listener. You know, a couple of my buddies, um, one of them specifically growing up, you know, uh, which I'm gonna get into a little bit more of that friendships. Uh, I've had friendships that I still know people that I went to kindergarten with. And I know a lot of people don't have that 
in their lives. You know, it's, you don't know, you know, you you don't know anybody from elementary school. You don't know anybody from middle school. You know, like you went to super large schools and it was hard to keep friendships. Like I know a lot of people here in California that have that situation. I don't. I have people that I have literally known since I was five years old. But um, I know I'm sidetracking right now. It, it, me being a listener, you know, one of the things my, one of my buddies always busts my chops about um, one of his wife, his one of his wives, his wife, his wife, geez, I'm all over the place today. His wife actually told him once or said it in in conversation when we were all together, man, Jesse's a great listener. And I was like, oh, shit, here we fucking go. <laughs> this is, I'm going to never live this one down because, um, I mean, my friends are ball busters. And that's how, that's how I am, who I am on Twitter. That's why I'm able to give and take. I talk shit and I take shit, you know. It's just how, what I've spent my whole life doing. So, um, But <clears throat> I took it as a compliment. It, it made me feel good when she said, hey, Jesse, Jesse's a great listener. You know, because I like talk, obviously. It's why I'm doing this. But I also understand there's times that you just need to shut the fuck up, you know, and just listen. So they reached out and, you know, I I tried to give a little bit of advice because I felt like they needed some advice or just my take on it. And it wasn't even really advice on what to do. It was more just, hey, I think this is a good idea. I think you should do this. Um, but my point was, it's just a wild world. It's just wild that last night I literally came in here and I don't even know what made me think of these. Let me just say the intros, I, I just, they just, shit just pops into my head and I'm like, fucking that's, I'm going to put that on. I'm going to record that, you know? So I just thought of it yesterday, jumped in here and recorded it real quick before like I went to, uh, the employee appreciation gathering. And uh, it's just funny how the world works. The next morning, I get a phone call or a text message that says, hey, do you have a minute? And, you know. So long story short, if you have somebody that does say, hey, I want to talk, man, just maybe just sit there. Maybe they don't want to hear your opinion. Maybe they just want to get shit off their chest. Maybe they just want to vent. Maybe they just want to bitch. Maybe they want to cry. Maybe maybe someone just wants to break down and cry. And you know, there's a lot of stigmatism towards like getting emotional over situations. And you know, as a man, we're not supposed to cry. And I I say fuck all that, man. Like I get emotional. I you know I'm I'm a very emotional person, and sometimes they get the best of me. And Sometimes I cry over nonsense. I mean, I've already told you on this podcast, I cried like a baby over losing my dog. And I'm not talking about I cry weekly. Like, I'm not over here fucking with stock and Kleenex <laughs> because I cry so much. <coughs> Excuse me. But I I also don't hide my emotions. And you know, I wear them on my sleeve. It's just something that I've done my whole life. And, you know, does it always play well in my for me? in life situations, no, because you can see when Jesse's upset, he, I don't hide it very well, I have a great poker face, I'd like to think, but when I'm emotional, sometimes it just, you can see it, um, but I don't know, I just think that, um, you know, sometimes you just have to listen to people, sometimes you just have to shut up and listen, 
And that's one thing that I've learned uh, over the last couple of years and not just the last couple of years, I guess my whole life, I've always been good at just kind of shutting up and listening, but also giving my two cents. I, I'm not going to say that I don't do that, but sometimes you just can't do that. Um, sometimes there's just, you know, sometimes you just, you just have to shut the fuck up and listen. So anyway, I wanted to, while we're talking about, or where, while I'm talking about friendships and, and having them, I saw a couple of tweets this week that kind of just were, were surprising to me. Um, not crazy surprising, but the first one was a couple of days ago. I saw a tweet that said, do you have friends that you've known for more than five plus years? And I quote tweeted it with a joke and I was like, hey, what are you guys trading your friends in? Like leased cars, basically. And is that something that, do you guys not have friendships that are older than five years? Like I can't be, you know, in the minority in having those types of friendships. I feel almost, I don't want to say sorry, and I don't want to say bad, because when people tell me they're sorry, they feel sorry for me, I want to tell them to fuck off. But I value that I I have friendships and relationships that have lasted basically my lifetime. You know, like I've met these people in in elementary school, you know, and we're still, you know, we might not talk every day, we might not see each other, but, you know, I pick up the phone and I, if I am talking to him, nothing skips a beat. And just the stories and the experiences that you can build with someone having a lifelong friendship, that doesn't always happen in short-term grown-up relationships, right? You meet somebody in your late 20s, you become friends. You don't always have those adolescent experiences that you would with someone who you met when you were five, six years old and grew up together. You know, so I, how many of you guys have those types of friendships? How many of y'all have people in your life that you've known for 20 plus years or whatever, however old you are? I, I hope it's not, I hope it's not in the minority. I hope that there's more people that can say, yeah, fuck yeah, I have people that I've known my whole life and I value their friendships. Because to me, it's a goddamn shame if you don't. And I, I know someone like that. I was in a relationship with someone who went to a very large public school and doesn't really have any friends from high school. I mean, they have acquaintances. They know people. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I went to school with him or her. I know them. I know them. Not my friend. I know them. You know, and it was kind of strange to me when I first realized that. I was like, fucking everybody doesn't have friends that they met in, in middle school or elementary school. I was kind of naive to the fact that 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 happened because I was only, you know, it was my early 20s and when I met this person and uh, it was just like, fuck, really? You don't, you don't have people that you know your whole life? I mean, yeah, there's here, sprinkled here or there, but I legit still have people that I graduated high school with, people that I went to elementary school with. In my con- phone contacts, in my on my social media accounts, you know, like, and I think that's been something that, you know, it, it just you can't really put 
you can't really put a um what's the word I'm looking for? You can't really put a uh, a price on on something like that. Having a friend that has seen you basically grow into the person you are, you know? Like I I obviously moved to California in my early 20s and and I have friends here that I consider very very good friends that I met in my early 20s, mid 20s. You know, I'm not trying to bash on that. I'm not trying to say you can't build a very strong friendship with someone that you don't know. There's my dog. That you don't know or didn't know when you were a child or when you were younger. Because I have those currently now. But I think it's just a different type of friendship, you know? They've seen you, you know... When you know somebody since they're five years old, it's it's just a different feeling. You know, you've been through a little bit more. Going through high school, the awkward stages of high school... And then, you know, the little bit after where you're kind of starting to explore your rebellionness. Is that a word? Rebellionness? Uh, no, it's not. Definitely a fucking word. You start to rebel. You start to party a little bit for those who did. You know, you're you're doing a little underage drinking. You know, the, those bonds are just... I feel like they're different, man. I feel like they're just on a different level than somebody you meet in your mid-twenties and you kind of go to the bar and you hang out and you bullshit. But I can't I can't express it enough that those friendships still are very strong to me. I literally have a group of guys that I met when I moved to California that I consider some of my best friends, you know, and I've only known them, you know, since I moved here, which I've been in California a long time now, you know, almost 12 years. So, <coughs> excuse me, uh, but just childhood friendships are just different. They're just different. And I, like I said, I don't want to say I feel sorry for anybody that doesn't have those. But it's a different type of friendship. And and I'm happy that I do. At the end of the day, that's the point of my story is that I feel lucky to say that I, I know people, you know, since I was five years old or whatever. You know, I feel... Like, I should be, I should look at that and be like, well, fuck, man. I ha-, you know, I, I, I know it's just friendships, but I look at it and I say, shit. I should feel, I should feel like I had, I don't know. I don't, I don't want it to, to make you guys feel like, well, shut the fuck up, Jesse. Just because you had friends that we don't still currently have, like, my bonds are just as strong. And I agree, they probably are. Um, and maybe you've built your friendship bonds in a different way as an adult, but I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place today and uh, with this, but it's just strange. It, it just was weird to me to think about it after the fact as an early 20 guy like what do you mean you didn't have friends what do you mean you don't know anybody since middle school or elementary school or you don't have anybody that you played high school sports with that you know you spent four years growing a bond and then now it's a lifelong friendship i don't know all i know is that i value that shit but i also value those new relationships as well so how many of y'all have actual friendships from when you were a child is it, am I in the minority? Or does that type of shit happen 
a lot of places. I just happened to be running into people in California who ultimately didn't have the ability to, you know, kind of meet and develop those kinds of bonds because of the size of their school. I get it. If you had a thousand people that graduated with you, it's fucking hard to meet people and actually have consistent friends. You know, but the one thing about me is, is I'm kind of a chameleon when it comes to that shit. Like, I would consider myself a jock, I guess, um, in high school. But I could also adapt. Like, I had friends who were into, you know, just car type of shit. You know, I guess they're called gearheads. I don't know what, uh, grease monkeys? <laughs> That's it. Is that racist? <laughs> uh you know, who I could also fill in there, or I had guys that had no, you know, I had, they had no passion for sports, you know, because obviously sports is very important to me. It's something I'm passionate about, but I was always able to see like, Hey, well, this person might not share a ton of things in common with me, but we do have these few things in common. You know, I I remember a kid that I spent multiple summers with our parents were close friends but i he was a good dude and he's still in my life to this day but he no, no sport he'd liked you know he watched no sports it just wasn't his thing but we spent summers just doing shit outside riding our bikes you know whatever and we still built a very strong bond you know over other things that we found similar common ground about but i don't know I'm I'm kind of rambling about this friendship shit, but I'm just, it was on the top of my head. I was kind of just wondering how many people actually do have those types of relationships from when they were childhood, uh, you know, when they're, when they're children. So, you know, and this kind of all ties into, um, I've talked about it a couple of times about building online relationships. And it's, it's funny that another tweet came out, um, it was in the uh, the Times, I believe, and the headline here says, Why Social Media Friends Don't Count. I'm going to read a little excerpt. Excerpt? Is that a word? Again, don't you don't tune into this podcast for in, intellect, intellectual... <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. But uh, anyway, it says... Um, where does it say? Friendships that start on social media are weaker in another important way. They're built on verbal communication. Listen to that sentence. They are built on verbal communication without insight of body language, tone, touch, etc. Besides, it's extremely hard to cry on a virtual shoulder. That line, to me, tells me that that person has never developed a relationship online. I have already talked about this multiple times on the podcast. I know I have, but like since the, I've been on the internet since the fucking internet was created. I rem, I'm old enough to remember logging on to you before we had internet in my, at my house at my parents' house, logging on to going to the school library, going to like ESPN was one of the first like web pages I feel like I frequented and it would literally take fucking five minutes to load up a picture. I remember all that shit. And some of you guys might as well. But I've been able to build relationships online with people for the from that day forward. From AOL days to chat forums to AIM to you know um forums in terms of like 
you know, there's a, a couple of different forums that I frequented called Boxton. You know, it was kind of where you could go early days and get pirated music and movies. And there was different subreddits that you could go in and talk to. So it's fucking crazy to me that I that I see these articles now. There, I saw that article saying that, you know, you can't consider online friends actual real friends or that those tangible pieces don't equal to meeting someone in person because truly I'm semi-awkward when it comes to people in person. I have awkward conversations all the fucking time. Now it wasn't always that way. I think I've become more awkward as I've grown older, (laughs) strangely enough. And yeah, maybe some of those awkward conversations are fueled by the fact that I'm possibly high on marijuana at the time that we started talking and you know my brain is just thinks that I'm being weird but I'm really not but I know I have awkward conversations with just that I feel it like I try to remove myself from some conversations quickly and I and I think people notice that I it's I don't know though like it's always something that's in the back of my brain I'm like when I just try to get out of a awkward conversation quicker than then generally, I would. Did that person just notice that I was trying to get out of that conversation? Did they know that I was slowly walking away the whole time? And this might put me on blast with some people that actually know me in real life and that listen to the podcast. But I try to remove myself from sometimes from those awkward types of situations because I guess I'm an awkward guy. And uh, that doesn't happen to me so much online because I can craft what I want to say to someone without having to just come off the top of my head instantly and explain myself. Or I can carry on a conversation that doesn't need to have, like when you're in person, it's like you have to keep the conversation going. There can't be any lulls. We have to keep talking. We can't make this awkward silence. That doesn't happen online. You know, like I, in my early 20s, I don't remember if I told the story. I met a dude online I don't know, you know, uh, on one of those rap websites that I frequented, rap websites. And, um, you know, I was working a full-time job, like, making whatever, you know, I wasn't fucking rich in my early 20s. And uh, he was having some hard times, and he reached out to me, you know, swallowed his pride, and asked to borrow some money. And at the time, he asked me to borrow a pretty significant amount. I mean, I wasn't buying him a new car, but, you know, a couple hundred bucks. You know, and, and to a, somebody, a guy who's in 20, 21 years old, a couple hundred bucks, fuck, man. That's paying a couple bills. That's taking me out a couple nights, you know, whatever. And I sent it to him in good faith. I had never met the guy in person. But I had enough online <laughs> communication with him and that I felt comfortable, that I felt like, you know what? And it wasn't like we just met and a month later, dude was asking me for money. You know, we had talked for long, a good portion of time. You know, we just passed you going, you know, whatever. We jumped in the same threads and we started talking about similar stuff and he's a sports fan, whatever. So long story short, I was, I was comfortable enough to send him the money. You know, I fucking <laughs> literally mailed him cash. You know, this is pre fucking Venmo, pre cash app. And, um, I mean, it worked out. He, he, you know, he, he did what he needed to do and he eventually paid me back. And 
I don't know, for, for anybody to write an article and say that they don't think online relationships or friendships can be built because I'm not seeing their body language or they're not in my presence, well, I prefer that, bro. I prefer to try and get to know somebody online or digitally, as you might say, than in person. Is that weird? You know, my longest relationship was built, I'm going to expose myself here, it was built on MySpace. I met someone on MySpace. I built a relationship through talking through that through that website. And I, I was with that person for a very long time. Now, how can you tell me that you can't build an online relationship when I literally built one and spent years and years and years and years. I'm not that old. But I spent multiple years with this person. All based off of just similar interests that we met online. And we created a relationship. That started off just talking every day online. It turned into phone calls. It turned into then obviously hanging out. So why... Can anybody sit here and say that you can't build a relationship from with someone that you've never actually met in person? It's fucking bananas to me. But boomers, huh? <laughs> That's the fucking hot trending word this year. I actually got called a boomer today on Twitter because I tweeted a bunch of shit that I hate. Okay, boomer. You guys suck at making disses. Although I, I got to believe that that makes some old people very upset. It didn't make me upset. I just dropped a diss on his ass. Um, so yeah, online relationships, online friendships. Friendships that you've curated since you were five years old. What's your guys' thoughts on all that? Do you have friends from when you were a kid? Do you build online relationships? You know what? I actually I want to sidetrack a little bit. I got a DM actually tonight from a a dude and it said um you know, he reached out and he he was talking about some other shit on Twitter that, you know, just kind of bullshitting. And he told me he he said um that him and his son actually listened to the podcast together. And I was like, "Fuck, man." Like there's a a dude and his 15-year-old son sitting back and listening to me on this podcast talk about a bunch of nonsense. And I was like, I built that relationship based off of me just talking into this mic and saying things on Twitter. I was able to just, you know, I was able to just finally fucking, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy to me that people can't really see that you can build these types of relationships. So, again, just let me know. Do you guys have friends from when you were a kid? Do you build online relationships? Do you think it's nonsense? Do you think that you need to actually meet someone in person to truly get to know them, to truly become and call them a friend? Because I don't, but everybody's got an opinion. And while I might not agree with it, I'm going to let you tell me yours. So... That's all I got. And I, I know I know I've talked about this topic 
kind of a couple of times on the podcast, but it's important to me because I think it's been so judged for a long time. Like, what the fuck do you mean you met somebody online? You know, for a couple of years, starting my relationship, it's going to sound strange, but, but I kind of lied about, not kind of, I lied about how I met that person I was in a relationship with. I didn't tell the full truth because I felt fucking astigmatism around trying to tell people that I met someone on MySpace and that we are dating now. You know, that's, I, and I know that's probably just my own fucked up brain thinking that I needed to do that or that I cared too much about what other people thought for me to tell the honest to God truth. But here I am telling the seven people that are going to listen to this podcast that I met somebody on MySpace and I fell in love. So I don't know, online friendships, online relationships, excuse me, I think, I think it's bullshit if you think that you can't really connect with someone in that way. So, but let's talk about, um, a little sports stuff. Um, not a lot going on, man. I, I'm not, I used to love the NFL, you know, like I've stated this before, you know, I wasn't always a huge baseball fan as a kid. I, I mean, I take that back. I've always been a huge baseball fan, but you know, there was just more product back in the day for the NBA and the NFL. So, um, I, I just don't want to talk a ton about the NFL. I, here's the thing about the NFL. I think it's so bullshit, man. I think it's literally like, and I know the major league baseball is a little top heavy and then there's a bunch of crappy teams, but I feel like fucking the NFL is filled with 95% garbage. 95% team. I looked at the fucking standings the other day. There's multiple teams with like one win you know it's like fuck man give me some quality product what happened athletes are even better today than they've ever been so why are we seeing more shitty fucking product in these sports leagues why is there the same nba team that's wins fucking every year i feel like or the same five teams is because stating the obvious that the franchises aren't giving it to all. They're not putting in what they expect back. I don't know. But the NBA, the NFL, I don't know. Just not for me. I, I watch them. I play fantasy sports. I'm a, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I watched the game Sunday against the Raiders. I was frustrated again. And, uh, but let's talk a little baseball. Some uh, some of the gold gloves, not some of the gold gloves were announced. And I'll run it down real quick. Maybe you guys haven't seen it yet, but um, in the National League, the National League, a pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, National League, Zach Greinke. Um, the catcher uh, was Real Muto from the Phillies. First base, Anthony Rizzo, Cubs. Second base, Colton Wong, Cardinal second baseman. Um, D-backs actually had three people on the gold glove award list this year. Shortstop, Nick, shortstop, Nick Ahmed. Nolan Arenado is at third base for the Rockies. Left field, David Peralta. And then, uh, center field, Low Kane from the Brewers. And we all know right fielder, Cody Bellinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Rolling on to the American League. Mike Leake was the pitcher of choice from the Mariners. Uh, catcher was Roberto Perez of the Indians. First base, Matt Olson, Athletics. 
Um, second base, uh, Yomar Sanchez of the White Sox. Shortstop, Francisco Lindor, Indians. Third base, Matt Chapman of the Athletics. Left field, Alex Gordon, Royals. Center fielder, Kevin Kiermeyer of the Rays. And then the right field, Mookie Betts of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I was talking to a kid at work today. He's an Angels fan, and he was like, what do you think about Trout getting robbed uh, of another gold glove? And I said, my man, Kevin Kiermeyer is a fucking beast in the outfield. I can watch that dude just make catches all day long. Just let's fucking line him up in center field, and we're just going to hit BP at him, and he's just watching him make diving catches and rob people of their fucking home runs. So, But what do you guys think about gold glove awards or personal awards? I, I saw a lot of people saying, who the fuck cares about a gold glove? You know, what What do we care about that? And, I mean, I get it. It's like, you know, whatever. It's a fucking gold glove. You, But to me, I don't know. i just always been a fan of the gold glove. I, I'm a big glove guy. Like, I would legit collect baseball gloves if I could. I follow multiple Instagram pages literally just dedicated to gloves. You know, um, I'm a big Wilson guy. I uh, love Wilson ball, uh, baseball gloves. Um, Rawlings obviously has a ton of nice gloves. And it, it's strange. It's weird. You wouldn't know. If you aren't into this, if it's not something that you've ever really, you know, you didn't play baseball growing up, you know, it's just not something that you would even think. I want you to go to Instagram right now and just like search hashtag baseball glove or search hashtag Wilson or hashtag Rawlings. You'll see legit people who own fucking 50 plus baseball gloves they just collect them they're not playing baseball with them did you guys just hear my stomach growl i don't know how much the mic's picking up i don't go back and edit a ton of these podcasts either you guys gotta deal with my pauses you gotta deal with my butts and my arms you gotta deal with the dogs barking in the back you gotta deal with my squeaky chair i think it keeps it more real maybe someday when i have a fucking editor that can go back and edit We'll clean it up a little bit, but until I'm getting paid, let's keep it fucking real. But go to Instagram and search that shit and see how many people just collect baseball gloves because, well, A, people just love to collect shit, but they just, they're beautiful, man. Uh, To me, a baseball glove is a beautiful thing. Just the leather, the feel of it, the different types of webs. Um, you know, you can customize your, your let, you know, you can customize your, your web or you can change out your laces or, you know, I just, it's, it's cool thing. And I, if I didn't want to go broke, I I would collect baseball gloves myself, but they are not a cheap, that's not a cheap hobby. Uh, my glove is, you know, probably almost a $400 baseball glove. I, I play, um, you know, a little bit of recreational, recreational softball and, uh, my glove's pretty dope. It's like a, a tan Wilson A2000. I changed out the laces to like this nice Dodger blue. And uh, it's fucking clean. I love it. But yeah, gold glove. What do you guys think? Are you guys fans of the gold glove? Are you like, who the fuck cares? Do you enjoy when your players win it? Are you proud of them as a fan? Or are you like, well, I don't give a fuck if nobody on my team won a gold glove? Because me personally, I, I think it's dope. And I don't know anybody who's the Dodgers fans out here. I can only speak about Dodger Stadium because I've never done a tour of any other um, baseball stadium or park. But when you go on a tour of Dodger Stadium, at least my tour, I know they kind of change based on game day or whatever. 
they walked us down the hall where all the gold gloves were and boy it was fucking awesome it was it was dope as hell to see all that shit but i'm also the guy who three times has been to the baseball hall of fame and let me tell you not a lot of changes in the baseball hall of fame i mean yeah they're adding a new plaque here and there but for the most part the baseball hall of fame has been pretty much the same every year but i've seen it three times you know and you could spend all day at the baseball hall of fame there's a lot of shit in there don't get me wrong and there's a lot of cool shit in there and anybody who's a baseball fan and hasn't gone to the baseball hall of fame a make it fucking happen before you're too old to to make that trip um Cooperstown is just a cool ass place and it's different for people who grew up in major cities if you grew up in a major city you're gonna go there especially like people from California that I talked to about it you're gonna go there and it's gonna feel like you went back in time when you went to Cooperstown because it's just a small town you know there's probably fucking four stoplights that might be exaggerating but I mean buildings are old as fuck you know a lot of stuff here in California is new it's within the last 30 years you know most of the houses are built within the last 30 years Back there, upstate New York, shit is old. I'm talking about 200-year-old houses and shit. You know, so just the whole environment, the whole atmosphere of, of Cooperstown, um, it, it's just dope. And and if you haven't seen it, I, I fucking highly suggest you see it. Take a weekend, take two days, go up there. Because you're not going to be able to... You can get it all done in a day, but you're going to rush. Unless you spend fucking 10 hours there. You're going to have to speed through a little bit because there is a lot to fucking consume. But make it happen, man. If you've never... Jeez, I got some... I'm burping all over the podcast tonight. <laughs> make it happen. Get your ass to the fucking Cooperstown. Get get to the Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I've never gone during an induction weekend. That's probably a little intense. You know, there's thousands of people there then. Um, which, it'd be cool if your favorite player... I mean, fuck... When Clint Kershaw goes into the Hall of Fame, there's a good chance that I might try to make it there. And I've already discussed my relationship with Clint Kershaw, you know, rookie when I moved to California his first year. So I, I have a little extra bomb with him as a player uh, than I do a lot of other players, you know, just for whatever reason. It's just, you know, timing, I guess. But uh, not whatever reason. The reason is literally that he was a rookie the year that I moved to California. So, um... Get your ass to the Hall of Fame, man, if you haven't. Take your kids, um, all you guys that have young sons, you know, 12, or daughters. I don't mean to exclude. Uh, anybody with, like, a, they're right on the cusp of starting to really uh, devour baseball as a sport and wa- sit down and watch the games with you, get on a fucking plane and go to Cooperstown, New York. You can find some cheap-ass hotels. It's not expensive to go into the Hall of Fame. And just... You need to experience it. If you're a baseball fan, you just need to fucking experience it. So make that shit happen. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about the Nationals and their visit to the White House. I see some wild fucking takes about this shit. Why can you guys not separate politics and sports? I legit... Saw a tweet today saying that they'd rather not win the World Series next year as a Dodgers fan and hopefully win it the year when Donald Trump is no longer in the White House. Now, I'm never going to question somebody's passion about shit because I fucking have some passion for weird-ass shit. But what the fuck are you talking about, man? 
you don't want your team to win because you don't want them to possibly go to the White House and you might actually understand that there's people out there that have differing opinions in you and you don't agree with them, but yet you still root for them because they're play for your favorite team. Man, if everybody thought exactly like you, what the fuck kind of world would we live in? I'm so glad there's people out there that disagree with me and think differently than me. Because I don't want fucking 7.2 billion Jessies walking around this goddamn planet. Or however many fucking people there are. And I apologize to the kids that I guess I now know that are possibly listening to my podcast. I apologize, parents, for dropping the F-bombs. But it says explicit on my podcast. So if he's 15, he's cursing already, dog. You know that. But um, how can you sit there and say that you wouldn't want your favorite franchise to win a World Series because you don't want to be disappointed in the fact that they go to the White House? Listen, I don't give a fuck what the Dodgers players do after winning the World Series. When that final out is recorded, I don't care. I'm going to be in so much jubilee. I'm going to be fucking crying like a baby. I'm going to be so happy. Those next week, that next couple weeks, I'm going to be riding high. I saw one one of the a dude that, um, from Astro's Twitter said some funny shit. He said, I don't care if Hitler pitched game seven came back resurrected and pitched game seven and won me the won me the series i'd still cheer basically you can find i retweeted it and yeah okay i get it hitler killed a lot of fucking people and he was a terrible person it was a joke so don't get up in your don't get your panties all wet panties all wet Ooh, that's not what i meant don't get your panties in a bunch and, <laughs> and get all upset uh that shit was funny because I just pictured Adolf Hitler out on the mound in Chavez Ravine, like staring down fucking Will Smith getting the signs with his little fucking stupid ass mustache, throwing a fastball to end the game, fucking Will Smith jumping into his arms to celebrate. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that shit was funny. But how can you not separate the fact that your team is a sports franchise that has 25 plus guys that are playing? That all have different personalities, that all differ, think differently, that all do not agree exactly with you. There's people out there to fucking support Donald Trump. I'm sorry to tell you that. Do I agree with the fucking guy? No, he says some wild, crazy shit. And I'm not a politics guy. I'm going to be honest, and you guys might think I'm fucking an idiot for this, and you might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I don't vote for the president. I don't vote. Vote or die. Whatever. That's your shit. I'm proud of you. Wear your sticker. Put your I voted sticker on your hat or your shirt. And thank you for helping our country become a better place. I'm leaving that up to you guys. Because I feel like I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't care enough about politics to make the right decisions. So you guys do that for me. I'm not going to vote. I'm going to continue not to vote. And I'm going to continue to not to have opinion on the president because I don't vote. So, <laughs> anyway, listen, stop being fucking mad when players go to the White House. Yeah, I know Kurt Suzuki got a fucking Make America Great hat put on his head. And I know that that's affecting a lot of different races in a lot of different ways. I, f- I feel for y'all. 
I am not, I, I must repeat this, I am not standing behind Donald Trump or anything that he believes in. But why are you going to let you get you so mad? Just fuck it, man. Fuck it. I mean, you're really going to tell me that you're... I saw some dude sent 50 fucking tweets in a row talking about he thinks Kurt Suzuki should be banned from the major league from MLB. I, I don't want to go into it all because I don't know where the tweets were. I, it just happened to be scrolling by it. He literally was sending back-to-back-to-back tweets. I think it was a verified account, too. Talking about fucking Kurt Suzuki should be banned from the MLB because of what he did. The man has the right to believe whatever he has to wants to believe. Whether it agrees with your agenda or not. Are you fucking kidding me? Move to North Korea if you just want one point of view and that only single point of view to be the way the world works. And have Kim Jong-un shoot a fucking rocket up your ass when you disagree with him. That motherfucker be killing people with goddamn anti-aircraft. He, Kim Jong-un, and maybe I'm making this up, but I swear I saw it on the internet, killed someone with an anti-aircraft missile because he didn't agree with something that, whatever. I don't know. I don't exactly know why he killed him. And that might be just, I may, I might have just made this all up. Don't quote me. This isn't a show of facts. It's a roundabout stat. Kim Jong-un fucking shot an anti-aircraft missile and killed someone with it. So if you want everybody to have to think the same exact way, move to fucking North Korea. I think they're taking, uh, I think they're welcoming visitors or, you know, they're, <laughs> the doors are open at North Korea, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Start looking at flights to North Korea and get the fuck out because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people bitching about the fact that their favorite baseball team went to, isn't going to go, is going to go to the White House. Who the fuck cares? Me, personally, I would go to the White House. Because I don't know how many opportunities I'm ever going to have to fucking set foot in the White House in that regard. Steven Strasburg went to the White House today and didn't shake the president's hand. If you don't agree with the agenda that the president has going on, don't shake the fucking man's hand. Don't miss out on the opportunity to go to the White House because you don't agree with the political agenda of the man running the country. And you, a lot of you guys might disagree with me on this because I know that this is a very hot issue. But fuck it, man. Who gives a shit? Your team just won the World Series. Kurt Suzuki wasn't up there speaking on the platform of building a wall around the United States to stop immigrants from from coming into our country. He was just up there to celebrate the fact that he won a fucking World Series. And yeah, he put on the fucking hat. Whatever, man. Don't let it bother you. Brush your shoulder off. Because at the end of the day, you got mad online and nothing changed. And yeah, I know I get mad online a lot. I'm not asking. I'm not telling you to get not get mad online. If you want to get mad about the situation, do it. Uh, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just telling you what what the fuck does it matter? Who gives a shit? Your team just won the goddamn World Series. I would give anything for the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the World Series. I'd give anything. I would allow you to chop off my pinky right now if you told me that. I could see a couple of World Series 
in the rest of my days. If you told me, Jesse, you could give me both your pinkies and you'll see multiple World Series in the rest of your life, I'll fucking lay my shit down. Get the, I'll do it myself. I'll cut my own fucking pinky off to see those World Series. So, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's useless to get mad at that shit. And it just, why? What's the point? They fucking just won your World Series. Did you think everybody on your favorite baseball team had the same exact ideas and thought processes that you did? Did you think they all thought exactly like you? Because if you did, I got some news for you, dog. Or dogette. You're wrong. Because you're listening to a guy on a podcast that probably doesn't even agree with you on most of the shit you think about. (laughs) You know? You got friends that you've known since kindergarten that you probably don't agree with on a lot of shit. But that's what makes living in the United States of America a fucking great place. Because you can have the ability to disagree with someone and you won't get blown up by an anti-aircraft missile. So, that's all I got for this week. Um... Baseball's over, man. 115-ish days till spring training, I think I saw. So, I'm counting the fucking days because, boy, daylight savings changed. My team lost in the second round. Depression season is fully set in. And, uh, I got nothing to make me happy right now, sports-wise. All my franchises are either finish playing or they're fucking they're terrible so you know speaking of depression before i go i I, i'm sorry if this podcast is kind of depressing i'm I'm trying to add a little humor to it but i mean i'm not a comedian and i i just talk about shit that i know so i apologize if you listen to these and you get all in your feelings and you're like man this motherfucker is depressed like, I just listened to 50 minutes worth. I feel like driving into the fucking barrier in the middle of the freeway just end it all. <laughs> so, I I apologize if I'm depressing the shit out of you, man. That's not what I'm meaning. But, uh, I mean, it, it's just me, man. This is, you're getting, I'm being as real as I fucking can be. And I appreciate y'all for listening. And I'm gonna try, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and not be so goddamn depressing, but. I can't promise anything until the Dodgers win a goddamn World Series. So I'll see y'all later this week.